Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a special edition of Movies That Changed My Life. Today's very special guests are my dear friends, co-workers, video producers at IMDb, Lizzie Bassett and Alex Logan. Lizzie, you've heard on Movies That Changed My Life a couple times. Uh, she interviewed me. We did some fan questions. And I'm sure once you hear Alex's voice, you will recognize him from some of the many videos he has produced and hosted on IMDb. But the reason they're with us today is because, big news, IMDb is going to be launching a new podcast on December 3rd called IMDb is Obsessed. You'll see the trailer here on this feed, and the first couple episodes will actually appear on the Movies That Changed My Life feed as well. Alex and Lizzie are here to talk about the movies that changed their lives, but before we get to that, let's hear from them about IMDb is Obsessed. Lizzie. Talk to us. Tell the people what they're going to be hearing on their podcast feeds. Oh, thanks, Ian. Um, yeah, we're extremely excited about this show. Basically, every Friday, we're going to reveal the one movie or TV show that the IMDb team is completely obsessed with. Get it? That's the title. And why you must add it to your watch list. We're going to tell you where to find it, why we love it. We will give you behind the scenes info on the cast and creators. And we will also curate a list for you of what you can watch next. So really, I think everybody at this point is feeling some streaming fatigue in terms of not knowing what to find, where to find it. And we want to help you be ahead of the curve on finding that next hot, 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 hot title. Alex, did I miss anything? <laughs> no, there's just too many choices out there. And we help you just wade through all of the different streaming services and find just the best stuff, the stuff that we are, quote unquote, obsessed with. And hopefully you will be too. Yeah. We're so excited to be able to be talking to you guys once a week starting December 3rd. And our goal is to help you find your fandom and just discover new series and movies before they hit the zeitgeist. So we're going to be using our special blend, a little secret sauce of IMDb data, and of course also the personal recommendations of the movie and TV experts that work here. Check out the trailer and head over to IMDb is Obsessed to subscribe now. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Seriously, do it. Get over there. All right, so let's get in to the movies that changed Lizzie Bassett and Alex Logan's lives. Per usual, we're going to go in chronological order. I had you each pick one movie that changed your life, and we could not have had a better spread. Let's kick it off with Lizzie's pick first, which is the 1962 thriller classic, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. 
It is 8.1 out of 10 with 53,000 ratings on IMDb, directed by Robert Aldrich, written by Henry Farrell and Lucas Heller, starring the incomparable Betty Davis and Joan Crawford and Victor Buono. The synopsis, according to IMDb, is a former child star torments her paraplegic sister in their decaying Hollywood mansion. Uh, Lizzie is a huge fan of true crime and thrillers. So Lizzie, when you picked this, I was like, duh, obviously this movie changed your life. This is one of the original true crime thriller Hollywood stories. Um, so Lizzie, talk to me about whatever happened to baby Jane. Yeah, whatever happened to baby Jane, I saw for the first time when I was probably way too young to see this, which is a frequent uh, that keeps coming up again and again for me. My mom loved old movies, particularly mm -hmm. old horror movies. And so I saw them mm -hmm. when she wanted to watch them. So I saw Psycho when I was like eight and I saw Whatever Happened to Baby Jane when I couldn't possibly understand it. Um, probably about nine or 10 years old. Um, this movie, if anybody hasn't seen it, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford are over 50 in this movie, which for Hollywood, particularly Hollywood in the 1960s, most women actors were not acting at that point. The fact that they did this and that they did it with the gusto that they did um, is really impressive. And even though I didn't fully understand what I was looking at the first time I saw this movie, I was absolutely transfixed by it. I think it definitely influenced my taste in terms of how much I love horror movies and particularly female-driven horror movies, which this mm. one very much is. And then I think what started to interest me more and more about this movie is the sort of real-life backstory behind it, which is, of course, that famously Betty Davis and Joan Crawford had a major feud on set and mm -hmm. beyond. And of course, if you guys want some further watching, there is a Ryan Murphy show called Feud that is entirely about the filming of this movie. So I won't get into this too much, but... What really stuck with me and created kind of a fascination for me about behind the scenes is the story of the two of them and the story of how this movie came to be and how two women who, by all accounts, just absolutely hated each other, managed to turn in unbelievable performances in one of the best movies I've ever seen. And also just kind of showed me that like, you can look absolutely horrifying, which Betty Davis does in this. And like, it's the best thing you've ever seen. It doesn't, you know, I, I think to a, to a certain point, and especially as a little girl, like all I'd seen was just these sort of very pretty portrayals mm. on screen. And this is the absolute opposite of that. In fact, Betty Davis actually did her own makeup in this movie because the makeup artists refused to do it as badly as she wanted them to do it. <laughs> um, and that adds so much to her character. Oh my God. Like the makeup gets like progressively more- Horrifying. Like horrifying <laughs> as the movie goes on. And like as Betty Davis, as baby Jane Hudson sort of spirals- uh, uh, you know, into her darkness throughout the whole movie. It, it's it's a really subtle change, but it it's, it adds so much to to the feel of it. Yeah, yeah. I think this movie just really it showed me it showed me that women are allowed to be ugly on screen. I don't even mean physically ugly. I mean like that you mm. can be an ugly person. That those characters exist. Um, I personally have never been particularly drawn to the sort of strong female character trope that I feel like we mm -hmm. tend to see a lot and. I really enjoy getting to see like evil, interesting women. And that's exactly what this movie is, I think. Yeah, it, it, it totally is. And it's something, you know, when you, when you watch it 
and you're thinking, oh, like a thriller from uh, uh, 1962. It can't be that. It, it can't be that thrilling. No, it's like, amazing. What people can get away with, but it absolutely is. Like there is a, a, a moment, um, maybe like in, in the first act where uh, baby Jane, who like was a child star and has since grown into, like uh, Lizzie said, a 50 year old sort of has been at this moment. She goes down into her basement and she sees like these old dolls that they had made of her when she was a child of vaudeville star and like at that moment uh, you get like chills up your spine like something could have been made uh like today with this sort of sequence and have an equal effect um because it was just like very ahead of its time and it it has like true scares it's not like a campy sort of goofy horror like it there was like something really like uh, uh tense and and uncomfortable uh, about the movie and it, it just shows how amazing this movie is that it just holds up so many years later uh, where movies have like pulled ideas and, and tropes and thoughts from this. But when you see like the original iteration of it, it's, it's, it's incredible how, how great it is. Yeah. This is technically the genesis of what's known as the psycho bitty genre. I believe <laughs> is the term it. for the crazy old lady, scary movies, um, which I am a yeah. big fan of. Yeah. Alex, what are your thoughts on uh, whatever happened to baby? Oh, Jane? I love it. I mean, you know, I've already, outed myself as a big horror fan and this movie did it came out on halloween yes it did so it was definitely positioned as a horror movie and it's so crucial to like so many films that would come after it both in horror and across i mean i think it's you know you can see direct parallels in something like john carpenter's halloween where you're stalking around mm-hmm. a house and you're you know just terrified and trapped with a person that you can't can't stop <laughs> you know you can't predict what they're gonna do and then it's also, you know, it's there's a direct line between this to something like uh, Monster, the um, Charlize Theron movie, where, you know, she's playing mm-hmm. an evil woman and she's letting herself be ghastly, you know, look look completely outside of herself and not, not be all glammed up. I think there's – this broke down a lot of barriers in Hollywood yeah. um, and changed a lot of, like, what we thought could be a movie anyways. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just so good at, at being – Messing with you psychologically. It's a psychological horror, and that's why I think it stands the test of time because it still creeps into your brain. It still makes you uncomfortable. Um, and it still has an interesting story that's relevant today. You know, yeah. entertainment changes too fast, and mm-hmm. nobody can really hold on tight. You know, you it's your 15 minutes of fame are quickly up, and Hollywood will eat you alive, <laughs> is what we've learned yeah. from so many of these movies. And uh, I don't know. I think it still rings true. It's still fascinating and it's still, yeah, creeps under your skin. Um, I love it. I love it. And it, it, I never remember how affecting it is until I sit down and watch it again and then just go like, mm-hmm. and get goosebumps all over. I had, I had that exact same feeling when, when I threw it on to, to watch for this. Uh, Lizzie, you were going to say? Yeah, I, I was just going to say one thing that I think is really fascinating about this story is that even though these two women have been pitted against each other for decades at this point in the media, and there's some debate as to whether or not they actually did hate each other, they still chose to work together. Like this, the idea to do this movie came from Joan Crawford. This was not some studio executive who was like, oh, this is the movie we should make. It was Joan Crawford read the book that this movie was based on. She was like, I want to do this. I want to play Blanche. Betty Davis should be uh, Baby Jane. And she really drove the project. Um, and she apparently is the one that convinced Betty Davis to join as well. And I love that story. You know, say what you will about Joan Crawford. She was an impeccable businesswoman. And I think that there's a lesson there in terms of like 
business and story over everything. There's so much to learn from it, both from the two women uh, at the forefront, even though their relationship after this movie did deteriorate to a place that was sad. But Mm -hmm. yeah, this really, really made me love particularly psychological horror, the way that Alex is talking about it. Um, and, and made me feel like, okay, there's, there's stories to tell about women beyond the age of mm, 32, <laughs> yeah, 33. Right. Which, which Hollywood is still struggling to sort yes. of keep up with now. I, I mean, I know one of your favorite shows that came out this year, uh, Lizzie Hacks. I mean, you were so stoked in that movie when that show came out because it is about uh, an, an older a comedian who was trying to like get back into where she was, right? Well, I mean, I loved Hacks. I feel like Hacks was a showcase for Gene Smart, who's deserved that for, Mm -hmm. you know, 30 years at this point. It's an interesting comparison to draw because obviously that's a comedy. Nobody is serving anybody rats or birds or uh, hitting people over the head with hammers yet, or, I guess or we'll tying see. Them to their tying them to their beds. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. only season right. one, so you don't know where the show yeah. can go. Hacks writers, listen up. We'd like to see more hammers and uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, there there is an element of, you know, of Jean Smart allowing herself, which I think she always has, to be honest, but the, that character mm-hmm. allowing her to really just expose a very genuine personality that's not always nice. That's not always appealing. Like there's, there's parts mm-hmm. of that where she really does horrible stuff. Um, and the same for Hannah Einbinder, who plays um, the younger character that is, is paired with her in that. And I appreciate that. I feel like that's, that's a, um, a stretch that women aren't more frequently, but haven't in the past been often offered is the ability to show like, that you're not a perfect person, that you're going to do bad things. Mm -hmm. And we so frequently see the flawed man character as the the anti-hero. You don't get that that often. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would just like to say to all you screenwriters out there, make more of them. Any any last thoughts, Lizzie or, or Alex, before we move on to Alex's pick? Just one watch list addition to it. Uh, the Act, a Hulu show yes. from a couple mm. years ago nice. with Patricia Arquette and Joey King. Uh, this is a true crime story based on mm-hmm. the murder of Dee Dee Blanchard by her daughter and daughter's boyfriend. Um, it's mm-hmm. a really disturbing story. There's some great documentaries and great ID specials, which I'm sure uh, Lizzie and I have both watched yes. <laughs> at least once. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's a really fascinating uh, dramatization of it. And it gets really into the mental state of both the daughter and the mother and how kind of parasitic their relationship is. Really great show. Really, really twisted and weird. And yeah, if you like Baby Jane, you're definitely going to like the act, I think. Yeah. Uh, in terms nice. of a watch list for Baby Jane, real quick, I think we can definitely add the act to it. Check out Feud by Ryan Murphy if you want to learn more about the backstory behind this. And then if you want to know a little bit more about Betty Davis and Joan Crawford's uh, acting history, I would highly recommend that you look at uh, All About Eve for Betty Davis, one of the greatest Mm. movies ever made. And go ahead and give Mildred Pierce a watch for Joan Crawford. Um, It Mm -hmm. is very of its time, but it is worth it. Not Mommy Dearest? (laughs) Well, you you know, (laughs) sure. Go ahead and add that. (laughs) Well, that was whatever happened to baby Jane. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's move on to something completely different to Alex's pick for the movie that changed his life. This is 1997's action, adventure, prison breakout film, Con Air. It has a 6.9 out of 10 with 285,000 ratings on IMDb. Uh, it is directed directed by Simon West, written by Scott Rosenberg, starring Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, John Malkovich, Vin Rames, Dave Chappelle, Rachel Tocotin. Uh The list goes on and on and on. And uh, the, the synopsis, according to IMDb, is newly paroled ex-con and former U.S. Ranger Cameron Poe finds himself trapped in a prisoner transport plane when the passengers seize control. Uh, so similar in the way that Whatever Happened to Baby Jane is just such a clear uh, <laughs> one-film depiction of Lizzie's taste in movies and TV and the sort of things she'll be talking about for I'm to be is obsessed. Con Air is an equally uh, obvious, perfect uh, representation of Alex's film and TV love. So Alex, talk to us about Con Air. Absolutely. Uh, I have been waiting my whole life to talk about this. No, this is a film I saw when <laughs> I was 12. I saw it in theaters. I remember seeing the standee in my small town uh, showcase cinemas, Crosspoint, uh, and getting so excited seeing this, you know, like <laughs> the prisoners take over the plane and, you know, crash it into <laughs> Las Vegas. I'm there. And I already was familiar with Nicolas Cage because I've been a huge Raising Arizona fan since I was a kid. It was a movie that was on cable all the time and I yes. had started to get obsessed so with. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, you know, I was very aware of him. I had seen The Rock the year before. Um, my grandpa took me to that one because, I mean, you know, Sean <laughs> yeah. Connery is in it. So every grandpa mm-hmm. was excited mm-hmm. for that. And he's, and he's you know, kicking butt again. So even more exciting. Um, but this was a movie that I just, I remember seeing the original trailers for getting really excited for it and then just never stopped being excited about it. It was so silly and over the top and fun. I mean, it is just like consistently quotable, um, needlessly complicated in plot, I would say as well. There were things that like I, every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, that's why. Okay, sure. Whatever. Who cares? Like just get us to the next action sequence or the next time that Nicolas Cage is running in slow motion with his hair whipping in the wind. Right. With an explosion behind him. Yeah. Yes. Oh God, Mm -hmm. that shot. Um, And yeah, it's, it's, you know, completely bombastic. It's just one of the best rides of the nineties. It's what Jerry Bruckheimer was all about in this period. Mm -hmm. And when he and Nicolas Cage hooked up and started making movies together, I think The Rock was their first. It just was off to the races with them and, you know, minted Nicolas Cage as this action star that he still tries to be sometimes today. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I'm always here for it. Nicolas Cage is 
I mean, he's got to be my favorite actor. He may not be the best actor that has ever lived, but he's my favorite. He's the one I find most interesting. And I recently, um, during the the lockdown, I went through and watched everything he ever did in order, starting with the TV pilot that he made with Crispin Glover in 1981. Nicolas Cage is so fascinating. He never phones it in, I would say. Maybe no. there's, you know, levels, different different <laughs> levels of the intensity of the dial that he turns up and turns down. But when he's locked in and he's giving it his all, he's doing something interesting and I'm here for it every single time. I, I love that you went back and talked to people about you going back through all of Nicolas Cage's like uh, IMDb filmography because in the same way that Lizzie is so into like finding out the true backstories of like, if you, if you talk to Lizzie about any movie, She'll like give you a ton of like, you know, uh, behind the scenes details of of every single shot of this movie that she loves, which is awesome. And then at the same time, like when you talk to Alex about uh, a movie or Nicolas Cage or an actor, he can just pull things out of the hat from like this random movie from 1992 that no one has seen. But Alex like hunted down some random VHS copy yeah, Alex and will give you the full, the full synopsis of it. <laughs> yes. So like. You know, again, like I've been saying, just being able to talk to you and having you guys select these things, it's so obvious and like getting a really perfect preview as the type of things that you two will be talking about on IMDb is obsessed. And so, Alex, I'm curious, um, you, you already talked about how Nicolas Cage sort of has had Pig recently and Prisoner's Ghostland and Mandy a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Um, I kind of find that Con Air and a lot of these like 90s action movies are sort of having like a second uh, resurgence with uh in, in pop culture and do you think that's because people will see nicholas cage in like a mandy in a pig and they'll like go back and be like i gotta like see some of this other stuff like again to see sort of where he came from is there, is there a correlation there for you yeah i think so and you know they're cable classics as i like to call them they're they're always mm. on and they're always fun and you can pick them up at any point and there's another action scene right around the corner if you know if you <laughs> turn it on usa and there's they may be talking for a moment don't worry something will explode within the next you know, before the next commercial break. So just hang on tight. Yeah, I, I think I think they're they're always fun, too. And, you know, there's, there's a lot about like, a lot of the movies now are very complicated within a larger universe or a larger mm-hmm. series, which I'm, I'm a big fan of, of course, you know, I'm a completionist, I'll watch I'll marathon mm-hmm. any any ridiculous franchise or, you know, actors work filmmakers work, I love going through a director's entire filmography. But Mm-hmm. Not everybody is as keen to do that and to know all of the kind of like continuing stories that connect between all these movies. These are one-offs. You don't need to know that much more about, you know, Cameron Poe outside of this story or what happens to him next. You just buckle in for this one dumb ride with them and you have a good mm-hmm. time. I think I think there's a lot of entertainment value in that. <laughs> I, I love these movies too. I think Alex and Lizzie are well aware of my love of Armageddon as one of my favorite movies ever. Yes. Uh, but but Lizzie, go, going to you, so I, I would love to read some texts <laughs> Lizzie and I were sharing uh, yesterday <laughs> as, as she was watching Well, this. let me preface this by saying at, I have at, never <laughs> seen Con Air not on TV and I've never seen it all the way yes. through. It was wow. like Alex is saying, you know, it would come on TNT or US say I would watch for 10 minutes and all I would see is Nick Cage being like that's my daughter's bunny and then I'd flip to something else um so and this was Should the first time the back in the box yeah and so Lizzie texts <laughs> Lizzie texts me saying I'm starting Con Air right now I don't think I've seen this since I was like 10 literally 10 minutes later wait this movie is insane yeah so Lizzie 
tell tell me what was it like experiencing <laughs> Con Air uh, uh, in completion for the first time? I mean, I loved it. It it is just a '90s action hero smorgasbord. I don't know how to say that word. Um, but the the cast of this is nuts. I had no yes. idea that that many mm-hmm. people are in this. Um, I have to shout out Michael T. Williamson, who many will know, of course, as uh, Bubba from Forrest Gump, but he also plays Limehouse in Justified, and he's amazing. I love seeing him whenever he shows up. I wish I could see him more. I was thrilled to see him in this. Um, But I honestly, Nick Cage, go home. That was my, like, he has so many opportunities to go home to his wife and his daughter, (laughs) and every time, every other line, he's like, I just love them so much, and I can't wait to get back, and then he just doesn't do it. He's like, I have to stay, though. And that's the whole movie over and over again. Um, He's a hero. I loved it. He's a hero. He has to get baby Odell his his medication. Come on. Of course, yes. He can't let him die. Michael T. Williamson needs his insulin. um, And that is his baby I'm sorry. his character's name. (laughs) Yes, I'm sorry. Um, No, I loved it. it. It was thoroughly entertaining from beginning to end. I had no idea just how insane it was going to be. Um, I also mm-hmm. like that at the end, you're expected to root for uh, Steve Buscemi, the serial killer. Yep. <laughs> yes, the Marietta Spoiler Mangler. alert, escaped and uh, is now just playing craps in, in Vegas. Um, and I guess is a changed man because he didn't murder that little girl in the empty swimming pool. Unclear. Yeah, but, he, um, he had fake tea time and that, that cured okay. him of all his illness. Good. Yeah, no, he's well, that, great. <laughs> Overall, you know, you just can't do better than Nick Cage with his hair flapping in the wind as he Mm. runs away Mm. from an explosion. I am also a huge Nick Cage fan, although I feel like I gravitate more towards early pre-Con Air Nick Cage. And Alex, you may gravitate more towards the the later era. But Moonstruck (laughs) is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's one that Mm. I saw very young. Um, And uh, Nick Cage in Moonstruck, I think, is just like still stands out to me as one of the most romantic um, performances ever. I, I love it so mm. much. And that that movie, if you've never seen it, just, you know, grab yourself some chocolate and some pasta, sit down uh, and watch <laughs> Cher and Nicolas Cage fall in love. And it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, so I, I'm, a, I'm a Valley Girl, Moonstruck, Raising Arizona kind mm. of girl. So it was interesting to see the sort of turning point for Nick Cage um, in Con Air and... Of course, also enjoy uh, John Cusack, John Malkovich, all of the Johns. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And John Dave Chappelle. Malkovich. He did not last Sh- long in this. I no, wasn't, I didn't realize involved. that he gets ejected from the plane real fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Right. Right. Yeah. This movie is stacked with character actors. And I think that's yes. honestly where I started to really dive deeply into IMDb back in the day. Because I saw this movie and I loved everybody in it and everybody was a very big character, very memorable. And I think mm-hmm. I started like kind of going down to me like, who's this Steve Buscemi guy? Like what what else has he done? And then I saw Fargo and started to get into, you know, kind of all the other movies that he was in. And then right. Rames, I absolutely mm-hmm. love. Yeah, Danny Trejo. I mean, there's so many of these great character actors who would explode and be in everything from here on out. But uh, I think this was, you know, kind of the point that opened up to like actors filmographies and getting kind of obsessed with who's this guy and what else has he mm-hmm. done and what else can I see him in and what can I get excited about what movies would you add uh for those who watch Con Air they love it to to their watch lists I mean I would obviously Armageddon would be my pick well I'm gonna go down you know the Nick Cage rabbit hole and throw Raising Arizona on there for sure uh that's one of my favorite movies of all time um I 
could spend hours and hours on that. Uh, but I think Con Air is the one that, you know, really changed my life and unlocked all those other Nick Cage roles. Um, and also Wild at Heart, David Lynch's Wild at Heart with Nicolas mm. Cage and Laura mm. Dern is another just absolutely perfect movie with Nicolas Cage. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I will go in a slightly different direction and recommend another uh, fantastic action hero who continues to be so to this day, um, which is, uh, if you like this, go ahead and go the Keanu direction. I know it doesn't seem like Mm. a direct comparison to Mm -hmm. Nick Cage because they're very different, but John Wick, all of the John Wick movies are just excellent. They are so much Mm -hmm. fun. And I feel like that's, that's what is enjoyable about Con Air. Alex touched on this earlier, but it's like, there's a massive action sequence that's just insane and so much fun to watch. And then there's like just enough story to make it make sense <laughs> to get to the next one that is also insane and awesome. And John Wick completely understood that. And it's just beautifully done. And then continuing down the Keanu rabbit hole for one more Connor recommendation, I would say go ahead and add speed to your list because yeah. mm-hmm. it is so much fun. It really matches that 90s energy. You can't do better mm-hmm. than Dennis Hopper as your crazed uh, villain atop the subway train. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it is fun beginning to end. Well, perfect. So for those who listen, uh, I'm sure they all know that I love to end this show by asking, what is the through line between the guests' um, picks as to why they think they picked them? So since we you each picked one, it is slightly different. Uh, I'd love to know like how you think these two movies that you picked would be through lines into uh, IMDb is obsessed. I mean, that that's easy for me. I, I feel like the through line between the two movies Alex and I both chose is that they're the movies that kind of drove our obsession with TV and film. Um, it, it drove a desire for me to learn more about the story behind the movie, about how it was made, about the people that make these movies, what they were really like. And, you know, to Alex's point, it it really, not to plug our home too much, but it does, it drives me back to IMDb movies yeah. like this, because you want to know more about who's in it. You want to know every character actor. You want to be able to go to the trivia section on IMDb, which, by the way, is great for uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just, it really made me so fascinated with the actual process of filmmaking. Yeah, absolutely. I would call these almost gateway drugs. You yes. know, they, <laughs> once once you unlocked these, then what else is there out there that I need to know about and need to see? Um, yeah, they were both entry points. Uh, you know, I, I think whatever happened to baby Jane, I saw a little bit later than you, probably in high school, Lizzie. Uh, That's more appropriate. Yeah. yeah, probably. But it was one where I was like, oh my God, who are these women? They're incredible. I need to see so much more of those. And that's, you know, right when I saw both Mildred Pierce and All About Eve and was like, oh my God, these are incredible. They still hold up to this day. Yeah, I love that. Love it. Very clear. Again, uh, like I said, once you two picked these movies, it became abundantly obvious. And, and I was very excited to talk to you about these. So before we wrap here, um, do you guys want to talk about IMDb is obsessed once again? Where can people listen? All that jazz. Yes, of course. So please remember that IMDb is obsessed will be debuting next Friday, December 3rd. You can find the first episode on this feed, but please go ahead and subscribe to the IMDb is obsessed feed. That's where you will be able to see all episodes in the future. And that is going to be available everywhere you listen to podcasts. For movies that changed my life, we're going to be having uh, some episodes like kind of monthly over the next uh, couple months. 
as IMDb is obsessed with getting kicked off. And I think you'll be able to hear me over on uh, that pod as well for certain episodes when they can use uh, uh, my my eyes and ears and opinions uh, to see what I am obsessed with. In the meantime, thank you everyone for listening. And Alex, Lizzie, it has been a pleasure. And I'm very much looking forward to listening to IMDb is obsessed starting next week. Awesome. Expect a lot more Nick Cage. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.